Okay, sweet. So you're just gonna record like my audio through the Uh yeah. Great. Is is what about my volume stuff? Is it good? That's the only thing. Yeah, okay, I'll turn it. Yeah. Okay, is this good? Okay, great. <laughs> yep of course um so i'm uh jerome labelle so i have my own uh little like indie game company i started honest road games and um kind of the first like commercial game i'm releasing is um crash the core so that's the game i'm going to talk about today with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically the, the main genre that's in is the roguelike deck builder, right? Uh, specifically for this game, I, I describe it as like a, a sci-fantasy uh, roguelike deck builder with co-op where you or basically run like a spy agency where you gather information about a planet's core location or um, uncover like a conspiracy, uh, these like planet leaders, and then you basically use uh, the intel you find in the game to win the game. Um, so it's kind of a combination of like a conspiracy kind of discovering game where you gather like intel and get some little uh, clues from a randomly generated kind of um, mission things, and then combining that with the roguelike battle um, element to it. Um, so yeah, that's basically the game. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I, I think the main thing about saying as, like, describing as a puzzle game is that I wanted to emphasize, like, de-emphasize random elements of the game. So it, it's really, like, mainly a strategy game. But the idea is that I tried to make it so each sort of little part of the game, like, let's say just deciding, like, which cards to play or which, like, moves to do in what order, like, there's can kind of be like a right way you can calculate how to do it you know there's almost always like the best choice so it's kind of that combination of like i was trying to really strike a combination of having like good amount of like strategic and puzzle elements and like not reinforcing like just kind of randomness in the game so that's kind of an important part of the design that i had in mind when i was making it yeah Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's there's like enough randomness that I think definitely the cards and the like the cards that you pick is is gonna be or the cards that you get 
um, is gonna give you like some randomness, but there are some cards you can choose. So this is like one specific mechanic I can talk about in the game, like something that actually happens so you can understand, is that you have a small deck of cards that you start with, but you get to... Yeah. Yeah, so basically, yeah, how it works is that you can select those like starter cards that you first have, so then every time you start the game you have already kind of a bit of a strategy going in. Um, but the cards that you see throughout the game are like a bit better, right? So you also are going to have to kind of adjust your strategy a bit depending on the cards you get and, you know, like the enemies that you're going to face a little bit, you know, so um, that element also um, goes into it as well. So like you kind of have a, a bit more, like I said, of a balance of being able to control kind of the cards that you have in your strategy. Um, and But there's still the element of like making each run a little bit unique as well because there's still the randomness of cards and stuff and enemies. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, oh, that, that's a good question for sure. Yeah, I know you, like, you work on games as well, so you definitely know, like, that, um, yeah, it's not like you just put something in a spreadsheet and it's just like, oh, this card is balanced or whatever. Like, it's definitely a long process, like, making sure each, like, also mechanics, like, a, a, a huge part of the game was, um, like, I spent basically, like, a whole year talking about it with, uh, like, my brother. He's kind of, like, designing it with me and we're going through it a lot. Like, we're both just, like, playing it together and testing it so much to... Um, basically like make sure if we add any new mechanic or a new element to the game that it's not like it's uh it, it's not becoming so unbalanced that it's like making the game not fun I think for me if I was to describe balance and just answer that question would be um what's like a strategy that when you use it it doesn't feel like oh this like is just so good it's just like I'm just winning with the strategy because it's just so powerful but it more makes you feel like you're being smart and strategic and there's no strategies that are gonna that maybe you're forced to use that are so weak that you're just like not having fun doing them so i think the element of how a player like feels when they're using a strategy is a big part of what like makes it balanced rather than putting numbers in and all that stuff you know so that's kind of my philosophy when it comes to balancing stuff Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yes, oh definitely, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, I think the key is you do wanna like you wanna like create that moment, but yeah, you you don't you don't want it to go too far. I, I'm definitely someone that I love, like, really powerful cards. Um, so, like, I just want to make cards, like, really powerful and effective. But I definitely can do it, like, too much sometimes. And so you kind of feel like it's just, like, too easy. Um, so I, I've really been working to, like, check the numbers and stuff and, like, stats. And some combine some information I actually know. Like, okay, is this, like, how strong is this card actually doing? I kind of logically think about 
how good it is. Um, so like I said, it's really like a balance of, I do want to create those moments, but I don't want them to feel like you have to pick a certain car to have a strategy to win. So I, I try to make it a bit more balanced if I can, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm hmm Yeah. <laughs> so, like... What's the question exactly? Like when I when I had to adjust. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, so much yeah. <laughs> um, there's so let me let me explain some like actual technical mechanic stuff so you can get kind of an idea of what the game's like. So there's there's three cards in the game. So it's it's kind of a simple. There's simple familiar concepts, but uh, they kind of, each card type kind of takes the concept a little bit differently. So uh, there's ability cards, which are just really standard cards in roguelike deck builders where you just get a card and you can play it, you know, and it has, its, it does an effect, right, one time. Um, and then, although you can use it like again in a battle if you draw it again, you know, it's just kind of typical roguelike card. So there's another type of card, which is a summon card. And how it works is when you play it, you get this like unit on the board. And uh, it's not exactly like, it doesn't have like a health bar as much as um, it has this defense stat. And if you don't attack with that summon, then it's going to instead give you a certain amount of block depending on its defense stat. So each turn, you every time you have a summon on the board, you can think like, okay, do I want to attack with it or do I want to defend with it? Um, and then lastly, there's item cards where you, they have a certain amount of durability, so um, you can put them on the board and they take up the same like slot as summons. Uh, you can use them only as much as they have durability and they cost energy to use, so they're kind of more like, kind of like ability cards, but they have a bit more of a cost, but at the same time you can kind of be more strategic about when you use them because you have them on the board at certain times, so um, sort of like one thing is that at certain parts of the game like certain one of those cards would be way too powerful because of, like a particular mechanic like originally summons actually did have health but then we just like it just didn't uh and also the I, i'm pretty sure at one time also items didn't have energy like little details like that like that made certain strategies like items were way too powerful when they didn't cost energy because it was basically like a free ability that you get and you can just use it multiple times. So like kind of figuring out how all the mechanics should work around summon items and abilities like took a while to get it right, but I feel good about kind of the way that those three card types work now. Like they're all pretty balanced together. It's just about getting the specifics down basically. Yep. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like three types? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that actually, so originally, I can tell you a bit of like how the game kind of started. Originally, it was actually this, um, like it was actually a card game, like a, an actual board game, like RPG game that was like cooperative. That's why like co-op is built in the game, like from the very start, because it was like a, it was like a cooperative card game that I would like play with my brother for fun, you know, cause we like designing games and talking about it. So we, I just wanted to make a game that I could play with my friends and you know, my brother and just like enjoy that. But then like, I kind of, as I was doing that, I was like, oh wow. As, as I kind of made better design decisions and iterated, I was like, oh, this game's actually really fun. I started showing people and they enjoyed it as well, you know? So, um, the, the original cards, like items, summons and abilities, I was just thinking like, okay, like if you were an RPG, like what kind of stuff would you have? Like, I guess you could have like summons or like people that could fight with you. You could have like items that you'd actually like have out you know, like, that you'd be using at that time, and then you'd have abilities, so I kind of just immediately kind of knew that I wanted to have that card variation. There's also, like, some other types of cards in the game, but I don't know, I don't want to get into all the stuff. There's also, like, weapon cards you can use every single turn, and, like, some other cards that you can add, like, later on that kind of add more RPG kind of elements of the game, you know, so, um, yeah, there are some other card types, but those are the, the main ones that you focus on because I didn't want to have, uh, like, make it too complicated. So it's mostly just item sums and abilities that you're going to actually unlock. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I, I definitely wanted to, like, I've been polishing it a lot, and I'm still polishing it, and it's definitely going to still be worked on, like, a lot when it's out. Um, I'm someone that I can be, like, kind of perfectionist with it and, like, really work on it for a long time. I'm, I imagine I'll be, like, updating it, like, uh, as, as much as I can, and if there's, like, things that if there's ever like a problem or an issue with it, I'll probably like get on it and fix it like as soon as I possibly can. But in terms of even like just updating, adding new features and stuff, I definitely want to work on it. Like as long as, um, as long as I have things that I just want to be careful that I'm not just, uh, you know, like doing changes or updating things that aren't really making the game better or like really improving our cards that aren't interesting. So, um, I'd like to take the approach of like kind of being like slow and steady about making the right sort of decisions with it. So for adding stuff to the game and all that stuff, like it might like take a while to do that, but I do plan to sort of have a game that is going to grow a little bit and be kind of like improve over time because I, I, I want it to be like as fun as it can be, you know, even for myself because I play the game and I enjoy it, you know, so <laughs> I want to see sort of stuff be added a little bit and it be changed you know um so yeah i'll definitely keep working on it over time for sure <laughs> yes yes exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, exactly. For sure, you definitely know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, that that's a really good question. Yeah, yeah. This this is a really cool genre. I know that people say that it's oversaturated, and there's stuff. There's definitely like clones that sort of take it and don't do anything interesting with it. But I think it's cool. Like I feel like there's it's cool to see all the different sort of subtle design changes that people make, like with each kind of iteration on it. Obviously, Slay the Spire is the kind of the person that made it like popular and really big, especially on Steam. Um, but like seeing all the cool variations like uh, Griffland monster trains like sort of going to RPG element like going more I feel like kind of more um, Magic the Gathering kind of V with monster train and like having the levels and that's like a whole other thing too like um, it's like cool to see especially with like selecting different like combining different colors and stuff like it's cool to see people take it in like all sorts of little directions and kind of uh, like do their own little thing with it. I, I would say for this, for for me, um, I want to take it in the direction of feeling uh, kind of more, you know, like it, it kind of goes with the idea of it being like a secret agent sort of thing, like kind of a bit more of a, like every time you go into like the, the game, you kind of like, it's there's like a bit of a sense of mystery and you're trying to unlock stuff and like figure things out, you know? Um, I think that's something that, it's like maybe a, like a little bit different also the the kind of the co-op element of like doing that with someone else trying to figure things out with that person so um i think that's kind of the slight different variation that i'm going with on that idea uh yeah mm. Yes. Yes, that'd be great. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Thanks so much. This episode is partially brought to you by the Humble Choice Program. Did you know Humble Bundle has a great monthly subscription service that lets you get a ton of video games every single month? That's right, from plans range from $5 to 20 bucks a month, you get a hold of a bunch of free games they have available to you. And you can use our code down in the description below to go and sign up. It would help our podcast and help you see what great games are available for you this month. Hello everyone and welcome to another interview episode. It's me, AJ. I have got Johannes from Festival Tycoon with me here. Um, I guess I'll do my summary of what this game is and then I'd love to hear what what you think of it. Uh, This is uh, to me, this is um, 
SimCity meets uh, Burning Man or take your pick of music festival. Um, I gotta say, it was playing through it. It is um, interesting in in a very good way. It's yeah, to me, it was just not a greatly explored uh, situation. Um, so yeah, I guess did I? I don't know. Did I describe it in the? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, hi, I'm Yanis. Thanks for for having having me here on your podcast. Um, yeah, I would describe it. Pretty similar. Um, I, I usually say it's roller coaster tycoon, but with a festival instead of roller coasters. Um, yeah, it's. I, I think it's pretty unique because it has those two parts. You, you mentioned you played it, so you you know there's there's the build part and then there's the life part. Um, that's probably the most unique thing about it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think I think you you got you you got the core concept pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, I, I found it really interesting the way that um, you know, you, as you say, there's the two stages, like planning everything out and then watching it happen. Which to me, it's interesting that you did that because you basically made the game the way that I play, like city builders and things like that, where. I start the game, immediately pause it, do all the stuff that I need to do, and then let it go. I don't do it in like real time or whatever. So, yeah, I'm. I... Yeah, I, I'm. I, when I was going through it, I'm like, okay, this guy, this guy plays games the way that I do. I have a feeling. Yeah, exactly. I, I played a lot of City Skylines, for example, and when starting a new game, I think it's it takes two to three hours before I actually un unpause the game for the first time. Because you know road network and so on and so forth, and this is pretty similar actually. But it's this this was in the beginning when I started developing the game. This was a a pretty pretty tough decision actually to make because I felt like it just wouldn't make any sense to have this planning phase of a festival simultaneously with the with the with the life festival because this in real life it's split apart by a year or two probably at bigger festivals, smaller ones probably not that much. But it just wouldn't make sense from a from a real life perspective to have those two parts in in one like the your typical tycoon, um, don't know, yeah, roller coaster tycoon, where it makes a little bit more sense, I think. And this was pretty hard for me actually to 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 figure out because it's it's very unusual to a game, I think, to a tycoon game. And what's interesting as well is that it's basically for me it's making two different games because in the life part you you're not just watching you're you're dealing with all the problems happening in the life part and this is pretty much a different game i'm making compared to the the the, the, the build the tycoon part of the game well and as you mentioned you know, you're you're managing the life part but i thought it was interesting that you have it set up to where look once you let this go that's it, right? You're not, you're yeah. kind of, uh, you're restricted in a, in a major way in the sense that once you hit the second phase. Yes, you're, exactly. 
you're in the second phase. You're not kind of hopping back and forth between it. That's 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 another very tough decision to be honest because it's it's kind of restrictive. So you play, you you build a festival, you hit the start button, and there is no going back to the to the to the build mode. And you you can at the moment you can't do anything like building or or removing or placing new buildings, fences, I don't know, gates. You can't do anything of that. You can open gates, for example, or or close them um, to let different types of people through and so on and so forth. But you cannot add additional fences in the live part. This is, for example, something which might change a, a little bit in the future because in a real festival you could add another fence while the while the festival is is running but for example you can't just set up another stage that's just too much work um so i i might soften it up a little bit to not have have it have it that restricted but on the other hand i kind of like how it is at the moment that it's really very unforgiving if, unforgiving if you if you misplace something you just have to learn from your experience and improve in the next season. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I get feedback from both directions, so it's it's hard for me to... But but I, I'll find out in the future, I guess. <laughs> I mean, for me, I guess it's... You know, you mentioned, like, the fences and things like that. Like, I have no problem with those being... Uh, I guess, uh, changeable through the whole thing. Because, as you say, that's, you know... Festivals can call up a fence company and be like, hey, we need, you know, we need half a kilometer more fence. Yeah, um, makes sense. That's true. Whereas, yeah, you can't exactly call up a uh, a stage rigging company and be like, hey, we need another three stages tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's the idea behind it. So, I, yeah, as I said, I might I might make it a little bit more easy to do something like this in the build mode in the in the life mode sorry um but yeah we'll see at the moment i'm focusing more on making sure that the life mode once the festival started is actually that it's it's very hard to to get the 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 correct mix of watching your festival happening like watching bands on stage and watching people having fun and so on and so forth while on the other hand you you have to do something as as well it's not just watching a movie but it's more it's more interactive than that because i don't know for example food booths are are out of stock or toilets are um, do have clogged pipes or something like this or or stage breaking down things like that um happen during a festival and you have to deal with it i mean you can hire staff to do it but someone has to do it and if you don't have staff then you have to do it yourself and finding the correct mix of things to do and just watching what's happening is is very hard because there is a wide range of of players out there who who like different different approaches basically and that's something i'm i'm working on quite a lot at the moment yeah i, I mean i i guess as a moderate fan of these types of games, these kinds of city builders and uh, management tycoons. I don't know. I feel like if we're on a percentage scale for me, when things are going, I like to like 75, 25, sit back and watch stuff.
stuff happen because it's not uh to me there's stages right and so once i go live i'm watching what i did play out i'm not trying to interact with it necessarily um, yeah yeah so yeah it, you know it sounds like you're you're really trying to that's got to be the hardest part for balance wise i'd imagine like okay Yes, How it, it do definitely I is. That out? Yeah. yeah, it definitely is because there's, as as I said, it's it's a pretty wide range of feedback I get. I get feedback from people saying, "Hey, it's way too much to do in the live part," and then I get feedback from people saying, "Hey, why is the live part so boring?" And a lot of it comes down to how good you plan your festival. So if you if you make a, a pretty good festival, then you won't have to do as many things in live mode because everything's working smoothly. But if your festival really sucks, basically, <laughs> um, then you will have a very stressful and very, very, yeah, you will have to do a lot of things in life mode. And this is something which I can't really, I, I can, I can restrict events happening or things like that, but I can't, I can't tell players how to build their festival. So this is something I'm, yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm investing quite a lot of time in making sure that this is as balanced as it can be. So I guess we should probably get to the festival part of it. Uh, how did you come up with the names for the bands? Um, that's at the moment completely um, randomized. Okay. It's basically uh, two sheets, two, two files with, I think, thousand names or things like that, a thousand words, basically. And... It's just it's just an algorithm picking words. It's not perfect. Um, there are a couple of things which are kind of kind of, um, yeah, a, a bit rough at the edges, I'd say. But I I have a plan of of allowing players to load their custom names in the future, so that you can, for example, just load or, or rename bands. For example, renaming bands is already in there, um, in the game. So if you're not happy with a name, you can just rename the band to, to to whatever you like. I just won't add actual existing names from my side because of licensing and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, you can't do it, but that's not to say, oh, hey, we have the rename feature. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, that's just, I mean, yeah. My, my favorite feature for a developer to be like, look, we're not doing it. Not saying you can't. Yeah, ba basically that. <laughs> For example, all the music in the game is everything is made by by us. By by my, I have three sound designers working for me, and the music is completely streamable and everything like that. Because this is very important, I think, and we made sure from the beginning that it will be. So you can use it on on Twitch or YouTube without getting any problems with with licensing. Um, for example, and I. Don't think that YouTube will ever have a problem with someone naming their band Led Zeppelin. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. YouTube YouTube's algorithm only cares about what it sounds like. It doesn't care what it says on yeah. the screen. So yeah, um, it it it's funny though that you mentioned that it's fully algorithmic because there were some of them that were like, okay, is this supposed to be a reference to like, um some 80s bands or some bands in Europe or things like that because it seemed like okay it was uh, yeah two words that were like okay this seems 
like a reference, but then there were others that I would look at it and be like, okay, this just looks like he hit a random generator for two words. And Yeah, the, this it. is a bit of a problem because some words work very well together. Some words are, are perfectly nice and and as you said they they seem kind of kind of wanted in that way because of a reference and things like that um this is pretty nice but yeah the problem is that some words just don't work together in the beginning i i had just generated band names but this was obviously very restricted because they were pretty repetitive um and then i switched to this new system which isn't perfect either, but I think it's it's good enough for now. I will probably remove a couple of words which I know already that are problematic at some point. Um, yeah, and and for example, I just took a, a word list from from somewhere I found on the internet, and there were, were all those swear words in there. And in the beginning, all the bands were names which weren't pretty under under eighteen, um, you know. <laughs> um, but that but that's fixed, for example. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, it, could, it could be kind of funny if you had like a uh, a secondary list of like, okay, this, you know, you have like, okay, this festival is all ages, this festival is 18 plus, and then if it's in the 18 plus, it generates names from, you know, a, a restricted file or something yeah. like that, but yeah, yeah as I, I, I as can as definitely I... see how that system, especially if it's just, if you're, as you say, you're taking lists off, like, you know, generated lists that are out there. I could see how suddenly, oh, the internet is a terrible place. So you're going to have like uh, homophobic and racist and, you know, like a lot of yeah, not great true. words on these lists that. Yeah, that's true. That suddenly populate into the game. But, yeah, that's. As you say, that's stuff so that you need to, that you yeah. need to monitor. But um, so, what's yeah. the? I guess what's the roadmap for this? Um, as um, as yes, I but... played it, I believe you had mentioned that it's like an earlier, uh, earlier build. But you know, it, to me, it seemed like it was kind of feature complete. Like uh, a lot of the stuff was in there. Um, yeah, so you played a version which is a month old or something like this, three weeks or something like this. I think um, it's it's more or less feature. <clears throat> excuse me, it's more or less feature complete at the moment. Um, roadmap wise, there, there will be an early access release this year. Um, in 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 terms of of features, uh, there are a couple of tiny things coming. Um, still, like for example, I don't know patrol routes for for workers, um, things like that, and then yeah, a, a couple of of quality of life improvements and and stuff like that. But other than that, we are yeah, we are we are approaching um a kind of a a very 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 rough uh, release window for for early access, um without a date or anything set yet. Um, this is just just in our heads for now. Um, but yeah, so afterwards there will be early access. There's no roadmap for this at the moment. We're just working on it and then checking what's, what's, um, how, how we will, how we will design the early access phase basically. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, um, there is a, a frequent tester program on my Discord server where you can test versions. It's pretty limited. It's just 10 people at the moment, I think. But they are testing the, the current version, the current build, the, the latest, basically, and, and giving feedback, a lot of things. Um, missing, for example, sprites, I don't know. Um, and bug fixing is a lot of what I do at the moment. So, it's yeah, it's really... Um, in a in a in a final in a final phase, I think um, for now. I guess you know you mentioned that you're where you're at there for the, I guess, build plate. I I guess yeah, that's the best word that I have for it. Uh, where you're actually making stuff because it's it it's cool. You kind of have that as like a. Um, mosaic where it's you have your build plate like i guess and then that's kind of just there are you thinking of doing uh themed ones in the sense of like okay this is reminiscent of burning man this is reminiscent of uh glastonbury in the uk this is reminiscent of yeah. Rocket the ring, you know, um, things like yeah. that. Mm, so we we do have the, the the festival tycoon and will offer different locations where you can build your festivals, and those locations will have a theme to it, which will probably be a couple of them. I I I won't I won't give it away with what this is now at the moment, um, but. They have a theme to it, which is kind of a reference to existing festivals. Okay. Um, but other than that, uh, there, there will not be a an entrance gate with the Glastonbury, for example, um, logo on it or something like this. Yeah, yeah, not. Although, not necessarily I'm, 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 like this is Glastonbury, but like, uh, you know, maybe just the the coloring of the the fields or whatever, or like you know, yeah, things like that. Um. Yeah, in terms of that, um, there, there will be a at some point. This is this is not something which is necessarily in early access because I don't know if we can make it, um, if if we can finish it until then. But for example, there will be a location editor, um, where you can just create your own locations. Um, those 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 can be colored in any color you want, for example. So you can create your very custom Glastonbury. Um, and at some point, this is uh, again future talk without any schedule or, or or not even sure if it will be added but for example i'm um, adding your custom sponsor logos and adding your custom festival logos and things like that so you can really personalize it as much as you want um we'll see how far we get um in in this regard but this is something i'm 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 looking into at least yeah i guess if you're just looking into it i was going to ask if you're thinking of uh like workshop support or just um like yeah i mean i something like that for that but if you're just looking into it you're probably not you're not at the stage of hey we're gonna we're gonna implement workshop support so you can have you know yeah i mean i i'd love to add it and i i'm pretty sure at some point i will add it because it, it would add a lot to the game i think especially with locations um one thing I can say with 
basically certainty at the moment is that you will never be able to share music on the Steam Workshop um, because this is just a bit too problematic in terms of licensing problems and and, and copyright. Um, so so you won't be able to to share your music through the workshop and download new bands, for example. This is something which will just not be possible. But other than that, yeah, I'd love to add workshop support, obviously, because it adds a lot to it. If, especially a single-player offline game is pretty important to have something like this, I think. Yeah, there's... As as it stands, there's not you know. There's it feels like there's nothing uh, restricting the creativity of your fan base. What you know, they can make their game be whatever. It's not like a, a fully online multiplayer thing where it it breaks unless everybody has the right version of you know this art asset or. Know, something yeah. or things like that but no that's 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 absolutely not the problem here yeah yeah it, it was definitely fun though playing through it and like okay let me just bulldoze everything so i can start from scratch <laughs> and then i'll add in trees and bushes and things like that because i was like i just want just I just want to explore, and I was able to do that, and I had a blast playing it because it was very much the, uh, okay, if I was going to make a festival, what bands am I signing Yeah. in terms of genres and things like that, and you know, the festivals yeah, that I've been to, what music, how does the music really make them work, or is it is it name recognition alone that makes a lot of these festivals work or um you know is there something in between that you could potentially uh figure out and exploit so that was that was my whole time playing it was okay <laughs> quick design the layout quick and dirty we'll figure Did it you... out and then it was okay bands who can i afford yeah. Who would work well? Things like that. Did you play in sandbox or in career mode? Uh, I started in career just to figure out the... Um, you have a tutorial in there, so I was like, I yeah. should probably figure this out. At least kind of... <clears throat> what are your basic mechanics that you're going for? Because I don't want to just yeah. hop in and be like, this is a tycoon game. I know how these work because I have been burned <laughs> plenty of times by just hopping in and going, I don't need the tutorial. Um, yeah, it's my usual approach. <laughs> but And then, yeah, then I went into Sandbox and uh, made my own little yeah, thing. Yeah, so. it's great. I usually when I when I play games like this I most of the time only play sandbox mode or or like like unlimited money or something like this because I lo I love the the planning aspect of everything and and I'm I'm actually not too much into the management part in in terms of financing stuff and things like that but yeah I think in 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 festival tycoon with the season mechanic like you have those seasons and it's progressing over time this is 
I like that actually a lot. I, I usually play more more in more in career mode in my own game. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're doing it right then. If you can if you can make yourself yeah. <laughs> a fan of a feature that you never use, I feel like that means that the feature works pretty well. Oh, hopefully. <laughs> And yeah, I am definitely the same way with these games. Like my City Skylines games are filled with uh, assets from the workshop and money turned off and all viable areas. Yeah, yeah. Me, me too. Me too. I, I love detailing stuff and then spending I don't know spending three hours on on an, an intersection. I mean, it's 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 great. <laughs> yeah, it's. Okay, how do I want to zone this? Well, I want to have like a downtown, so high density. Then I need subdivisions, and yeah, that's yeah, that's what I enjoy in those. And it kind of carries over to this in the sense that there's nothing telling you how to place things. Yeah, and this this is this is very on purpose. This was the, in in the beginning. I I usually what I for example don't really like is when a game is very restrictive in terms of of you. In, for example, in Festival Tycoon, you you can't unlock buildings by by I don't know experience points or something like this. You can just place them, and they they are unlocked all the time, but they might be very unprofitable for you or or just too big for your for for your festival. But I really don't like this idea of you have to unlock something, especially in a tycoon game, because it just doesn't make sense. You know, it's it's there. Why can't you place it if it's existing? I mean, if if you have something like like a research mechanic where you have to research certain things, this would probably make more sense. But um, an unlocking buildings, for example, isn't something I wanted to add from from the beginning because I I feel like it just doesn't make sense. You you should be able to add everything you want. And just just it might probably not not work out because you you make huge losses because of it. But I I really like the freedom of being able to to play how I want and and making making use of everything the game has to offer. This is something I really like, and this is the reason, for example, why there is no unlocking in this game. Well, well I guess so. We should probably though explain. You know, I say you can place the buildings wherever you want. They do have like a sphere of influence. Yeah, true. So, true. you know, you can place them yeah. anywhere, but they may not do anything because they're, you know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The RVs and are in the one corner. Well, guess what? The stages are in the other corner and the spheres aren't big enough. Yeah, exactly. For example, if, if you place a backstage RV too far away from a stage, what can happen is that the, the bands take so long to the stage that their shows get delayed. Things like that. Um, this will just lead to an unhappy band, basically. But, yeah, things like that. Um, or, for example, there, there are a couple of pretty huge um, um, buildings in the game, like the medium stage is pretty big, or, or there's a, a bumper car arena. Those are pretty big buildings and will not make sense on, on small to medium maps, I think. But you can place them. They're, they're insanely expensive. If you place them in season one, you will probably go bankrupt immediately. But you can do it, and it might be good for you. I don't know. 
but I don't want to restrict it to uh, having at least 20 experience points to, to, to get access to them because in real life are, there are no experience points. It's just, it's just you planning. And this is what I just, yeah, this is what I wanted to deliver basically. The only experience points in real life are hundred dollar bills. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> well, Johannes, thanks for uh, for joining me. It was great to talk about Festival Tycoon. And yeah. as you Thank say, you so there's, there's no uh, date yet for early access, but you can wish list it on Steam and check it out there. And I imagine with how this game is, it's probably PC only. Um, yes, I, I don't see how this game could work on a on a console, but uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's PC only at the moment, um, and it's Windows only at the moment. But yeah, other than that, if I don't know, there is there is no port plant at the moment. No, <laughs> sorry, but, yeah. Linux and Mac fa- Mac fans. There we go. Get the word out eventually. Um, Kind of sorry. Yes, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much for, for having me. Thanks for this opportunity to talk about the game. It was a pleasure to meet you. And yeah, please wishlist it <laughs> if you haven't. Thanks. This podcast was a production of The SWW Show. To learn more, go to theswwshow.com. Remember, you can follow the show on Twitter at The SWW Show. You can follow me at Mikey underscore Moni. You can follow AJ at Boy. Remember, new episodes premiere on Friday, 9 a.m. Central Time on anchor.fm slash SWW and podcast services around the globe.